The only reason somebody didn't jump up you is because we don't have any. Thank you, choir. That was uh, that was beautiful and encouraging and fun. <clears throat> Who says Presbyterians don't know anything about the Spirit? Um. <clears throat> so Psalm 23. Aside from John 3.16, this is probably the most well-known passage in all the Bible. Unfortunately, it's also a passage that we almost exclusively go to and hear now where? At funerals. But it's a psalm for the living. It's written for you and me. It was written by David for uh, periods of life that maybe are troubling or discouraging, but also encouraging. It's a profoundly um, personal passage of the Bible. Martin Luther, um, and here's the reason we're doing Psalm 23, is because the Reformers went to the Psalms early and often. Martin Luther made the Psalms one of the earliest sections of the Bible that he translated into German, which was, of course, the language of the people, something that was um, really unheard of. And the reason that he did that is because Martin Luther said, one of the one of the two things that he really harped on about the Psalms was, the first is he said that the Psalms are for us, the Bible in miniature. So in the Psalms, that's a place that you could go. If you didn't have anything else, you could go to the Psalms, and there you would find about everything you needed for living. The other thing that Martin Luther knew about the Psalms was that you can only really understand them now as a person that knows Christ. You can only know them if you see in them Christ. Uh, Luther understood that, you know, that passage out of Luke 24, that when Jesus is meeting with the, the men on the road to Emmaus, he, and he says, you know, that all of the scriptures are about me. Luther got that, and he knew that to best understand the Psalms, you see them through the lens of Christ. Now, a number of years ago, uh, how many of y'all, any of you, well, you don't have to raise any hands. I'm guessing some of you have memorized a psalm, maybe two, maybe three. A couple years ago, a number of years ago, I took a group of students down to Jamaica. We, we went regularly down to Jamaica to a place called the Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf. And um, we were working on the little deaf village that was up on the top of the island there in Jamaica. Uh, so get out of your head any images of beaches and, you know, blue water. We were way up on the top of the mountain. And um, one of the things that we did while we were there is, is each time we would take the students to an infirmary on the island. And this is a place where um, it, it was a difficult place to go. Because if you had a child in Jamaica or, or you had an, an older person in your family or someone who had a disability and you couldn't care for them, you would take them to this infirmary. And it was a large building. <clears throat> it was probably the size. And it just had bed after bed after bed after bed after bed after bed after bed. And it was, it was heartbreaking. We would go. We would spend an entire afternoon there. And it was a, it was also a very beautiful place. And I'll never forget this older lady that we met who was blind. She couldn't, she couldn't see, she could no longer read. 
and she had her little spot there and uh and she would sit there all day and um we went and kneeled down with her and and talked with her and she talked with us she's very very old but in her younger years she had memorized the psalms all of them and we knew this because we asked her, can we read you a psalm? And she said, sure. And I'll never forget opening to Psalm 23, and I began reading. And I got the first couple of words out of my mouth, and she finished. And I said, huh, oh, well, let's do another psalm. How about, and I'm going to all the ones I know, Psalm 51. And so I started Psalm 51, and she finished. She didn't finish just the familiar parts. She finished everything. And we would read several more psalms to her, or try, tried to read several more psalms to her. All of them, she finished. Somewhere early in her life, someone had opened the Word and had showed her the psalms, and she had seen in them and, and, and somehow instinctively knew in them that they were the Bible in miniature. And there in that infirmary, she knew the Lord Jesus because she knew the psalms. She was greatly comforted in And she comforted us. The Reformers went there because they saw in the Psalms something that they didn't see. It's not that you don't see it. You don't feel it the way you feel in the Psalms. That God is close. That God is near. That God is personal. That he has a relationship with it. That's what Psalm 23 does. Now, think about Luther. Here is this young monk, this young man who is, who is really felt just heavy and burdened by the religion that the church was offering him at that time. He had no peace. He had no solace. He did not feel comforted. He didn't feel connected to God. You ever felt that way? Like he's just too other. And the church had put this real barrier between the word being preached, not in their language. The sacraments being offered, not always offered to the people. So you would come to the Lord's Supper and the priest and the people who were on this side of the, of the sanctuary, they took the supper, you watched. And that was the way, and they felt this real distance and so they didn't have the Bible in their own language, they couldn't read it. And so God felt very distant, very other. And that was the world that Luther grew up in. And so when Luther begins to realize how the word is for God's people, and he begins this translation, he immediately goes to the Psalms. And he begins to translate the Psalms, and he puts them in the German language early in his um, translation work. And he does that because he understands that the Psalms connect us to God. They show us a God who's not other, who's not... Um, impersonal, who they show us a God who's caring and nurturing and he's moving in history and he loves us and, and he interacts with us. And of course, there is no Psalm like 20, Psalm 23 to do that. And so I want us to just take a look at it. Hopefully maybe a little bit different look than you usually get when we're talking about Psalm 23. And, um, let's look at it first. From this vantage point, what does the psalm tell us about God? 
David begins by telling us that the he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, when you see those words, look at your Bible. Okay. Um, hopefully, in your translation, Lord is in all caps. Do you see that? Okay. When you see Lord in all caps, that is Yahweh. Hey, that is the holy name of God that the that Jewish people wouldn't even say. And so when you see that, that is the personal covenant name of God. So if you go to Exodus chapter 34, in Exodus 34, that's where Moses meets God. The Lord came down in a cloud, and it says there that he stood there with him and he proclaimed his name, the Lord, that is Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. That is the God. So the God that Moses met with okay, when he received the Ten Commandments and he was in a cloud and he was billowing out and all of that. And yet when he passed by Moses... He gave him his personal covenant name. He said, I am that God. Now, fast forward and we get to David. And when David is thinking, okay, in the midst of all of the stuff he is going through, he doesn't just say, God is my shepherd. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and God comes up and they're talking... I I have conversations sometimes with people about God. And sometimes, sometimes as I'm listening, I can tell they don't really know this guy. They don't really know the God of the Bible. They're they're uncomfortable uh, just even saying God. And they they would never say Jesus, like they just can't get those words, those, that, you know, that sound out of their lips because it's uncommon to them. That is not David. He is not just saying, God, some impersonal other deity, you know, apart, you know, just he created the world. He's just letting us spin and, you know, God is my shepherd. He's, he, this is personal for him. He is really saying, Yahweh is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And so something that we're learning here in this passage about God, it's not just that David feels that comfort level to call on God as his shepherd. It's that God has made himself available as that shepherd. That's really the phenomenal part here, right? It's not that maybe David is, you know, he... he, He's palsy with God or whatever. There's a lot of people that may have that kind of a chummy thinking about God. It's that he understands that creator God, the one who made everything ex nihilo out of nothing. David is able to think about Yahweh, that God, and say, he is my shepherd. And by doing that, David is communicating that God isn't, He's not apart from you. He's not other from us. He has made himself known to us in a very personal way. He is my shepherd. Now, of course, that tells us about David. It tells us he knew God. He trusted God. But I want you to think about this. David can call on God as his shepherd only because, only because God had made him known 
himself known that way in Exodus 34 to the people. It was only because when that mountain was there and the people had come out and and they had gathered at the foot of the mountain and the smoke had come down and the fire was billowing and the lightning and the thunder, the people were terrified. They were terrified. But he had come down. And from that point on, remember, that God dwelled in their midst. They had the tabernacle, and God moved with them as they moved. They would break that tabernacle down, and he would go as a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. And then they would set that tabernacle back up, and God's presence would be in the middle of them all. And every day, you would walk out of your tent, and you would look, and there it would be. And you would be reminded that God was there. He was with you. He was He is in your midst. But there was still... Just a teensy bit of distance. Are you with me? You know, they still had that, they still had sacrifice, the sacrificial system they had to go through in order for that relationship to be what it's supposed to be. And of course it never was because every day there were sacrifices being offered. But God had made himself known. He had come down. And that was a tremendous comfort to David. And we, t- we typically talk about, and we did it this morning in some of our songs. Right? So, one of the hymns that we sang this morning, the, the, in the first one. Immortal, invisible, God only wise. Now listen to that first stanza. In light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious. Thy great name we praise. A majestic hymn. But when you read that hymn, when you sing that hymn, you're, you're, you're singing a little bit of the, the transcendence of God, right? He's not me. He's not one of us. He's other. And, and there's a proper place for that. There is a proper time for that. Absolutely. But David in this psalm knows personally the eminence of God, that he's close, that he's real, that he knows us. He indeed He is our shepherd. The second thing that David tells us here in this psalm and that we learn about Yahweh, he's not just close. He hasn't just made himself known. One step further, he cares for his sheep. He loves us. The entire psalm, if you look at it, is one of provision. He leads He provides, he protects, he gives victory. He's doing all of these things for his sheep. That is is care, that is passion. Now, it isn't always understandable to us, right? Because we have this section. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, King James Version, even though we're in that valley, he's with us. Do we understand it? No. Is he in control? Yes. Is that challenging? Absolutely. So even though it's not understandable, we know that he loves us. We know that he cares for us. We know that he is going with us, that he's our provision. Think of so many other psalms in the way that God is described. So Martin Luther, Psalm 46, writes, A mighty fortress is our God. 
You put your arms around a fortress, fortress put its arms around you. Not really. Is that a great image? Absolutely. Powerful. God is a fortress. He's a rock. Um, you, you can think of a number of other. He, he's our redeemer. The psalmist has many images for God. But this image of God as our shepherd tells us he cares for us. He's knowable. He's accessible. And he cares for us. He loves us. He nurtures us. He has our best in heart. That's the entire image. The image of a shepherd and its sheep. A shepherd has one job, and that is to protect those sheep. To make sure they grow, to make sure they mature, to make sure they get, you know, they get along well and that they're, they're, they're taken care of. That is the single job of the shepherd. And so God protects us, cares for us, nurtures us, makes sure we have all we need in order that we would be all we need to be for Him. Now, you, you, you can think of lots of images that may help in this. My, usually my kids make it in sermons. My dog doesn't very often, but she does this morning. Okay, so a shout out to Yazzie Grace, our golden retriever. Um, I know it's a strange name, but we were in Yazoo City when we got her. So, and in Yazoo City, everyone has a double name. So, Yazzie Grace. She's a golden retriever. And this is our first dog, my first dog ever. Okay? And, um, and, and Yazzie, as I was thinking about this, she just comes to mind because she really thinks she has it all together. She, she, you know, We'll go for a walk in the evening. Uh, I like to walk at night. And um, and so we'll be walking down the road. I, I like to walk at night because I can let her off the leash, which is a huge no-no, right? Um, don't report me. So I let her off the leash, and she's running. And, and she'll get 15, 20 yards out in front of me. And, and, and we'll be moving and walking down the road, and she will hear something in the woods. And she instantly becomes a lap dog, okay? I mean, 20, 20 yards has never been covered so fast. And she's 55 pounds. And she will be on top of me. And, you know, and because she knows, no matter what it is, unless it's a snake, that I am her protector. I am her nurturer. I will watch over her, okay? And, and so you can just think of that image, okay? Gazzy understands instinctively, I have her best interest at heart, which is why she comes to me, which is why she turns and runs to me when she hears that noise far off or, or anything of that sort. It's me. If I'm outside on the porch, she's outside with me. If I'm inside, she's inside with me. She always wants to be, if I'm home, she wants to be with me. It's true. <laughs> the kids know it. Um... And it's because she, we're Yazzie. And and we have a Heavenly Father that cares for us and has our best at heart all the way through. Listen to John 10 again. Russ read it for us. Jesus picks up the image of the shepherd. Now, David wrote those words a long time prior But Jesus says, I am, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, what? Lays down his life for the sheep. 
That's protection. That's care. The, the hired hand is not the shepherd and, and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf come in, he abandons. Now Jesus is talking about all sorts of things here. And then he returns back, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Two times he tells us that he lays down his life for the sheep. Skip down to verse 27. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice. This is in John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and what? They follow me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He goes further. Verse 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And then he uses this turn of a phrase. He says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand, for I and the Father are one. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is that shepherd that loves us and cares for us and nurtures us. He gives his sheep eternal life, and they will never perish. David may not have understood nor known all of that when he talked about green grass and still waters and, and a shepherd's staff and all of those things, but he understood that Yahweh, the covenant-making God, loved him and was there for him. Two more quick points. These are much shorter, I promise. What does it tell us about ourselves? What does Psalm 23 tell us about ourselves? Really simply. And I'll just put this as gingerly as I can to you. Sheep are not the smartest. We know that. It really, that is a part of the overall metaphor that is being used. He's our shepherd. We're his sheep. And all that that entails. <laughs> and, and it's true. Um, just think of that. Um, sheep are incredibly dependent creatures. The stories are legendary that they will, you know, they, they won't go in search of food. They won't go in search of water. They won't do the normal things you would think, you know, for self-survival. They need that shepherd to push them. Without a shepherd, sheep will perish. So they need a shepherd. You can think of the hymn, prone to wander, prone to leave the God I love. That's a shepherd. David had seen that in his own life. He knew his own proclivity to, to get off path, to, to get lost, uh, to, to be wayward. But he also knew that Yahweh was faithful as a shepherd, even when he didn't have a clue as a lamb, as a sheep. So... Just think about that. We do learn some things about ourselves. Let's close with this. How does it ground us for living? Psalm 23 is often referred to as a psalm of comfort. And it is comforting to us because it it, ins- it rewires us. It, it reorients us. Because while we are sheep and we don't really understand, we don't really get it, okay, um, you know, uh, we read in the Old Testament that, that our, the inclinations of our heart are always evil all the time. 
Okay, we, we'll, we will get off path, off track quite easily. And so what this psalm does is it reorients us. It, it reminds us of our true north, who it is that governs our lives and, and what role we play in that. We're only significant because of our shepherd. We're only significant and we only have um, meaning and value because of who our shepherd is. He gives it to us. And and so this psalm does at least that. It does more than that because it reminds us that God is sovereign. He He's at the helm. And, and he, he works his way through, right? And the good times, uh, the quiet waters and the green grass... And then he and then he reminds us even in the times of darkness, the times of struggle, he leads us, he guides us, he protects us, he he carries us on to the end. And if we carry that metaphor all the way into John 10, we see that that's exactly what Christ does. He reorients our life by reminding us that we're sinners. He he came into the world to die for us. And and even in the idea of John, right? In John chapter 1, we see that the word was made flesh and came down and tabernacled among us. He lived in our midst. And so even John is picking up on those images and that, and that idea that God is imminent. He, he is right here in our midst in the person of Christ. And that is so very important. That's so very grounding. And we need that constant uh, reorientation to be reminded that God is indeed with us. Martin Luther famously said, um, returning to the, the dog theme, I guess, that the dog is the most faithful of animals and would be much esteemed were it not so common. And then he said this, Our Lord God has made His greatest gifts the commonest. Our Lord God has made His greatest gifts the commonest. A shepherd and a sheep are about as common as you get. And yet the image is about as comforting when you begin to think the shepherd's love for his sheep. Jesus says, I lay down my life for my sheep. And nothing, nothing can take them from my hand. Do you know that, shepherd? I pray you do. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the love that comes to us from Psalm 23 and the powerful reminder that you, the great creator God, the one the psalmist says is the great king above all gods, you loved us. You came down to this earth. You showed yourself to us in the Old Testament in the cloud and fire. And you've shown yourself to us in this day and age in the Lord Jesus. Give us eyes to see our faithful shepherd. Give us ears to hear as he calls our name. In Jesus' name, amen.